love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. I'm Haley Chura, and this week I'm actually flying solo. But don't worry, my usual co-host, Alyssa Gadeski, and I actually recorded not one, but two great interviews that we are excited to release this week. Alyssa joined me for those, so you'll hear her voice later in the episode, so don't despair. This week's show really kind of builds on the conversation Alyssa and I had a few weeks ago with author, activist, and pro cyclist Catherine Bertine. If you missed that one, Catherine is the woman who really led the charge to get women's racing back into the Tour de France, and she documented that journey in her most recent book, which is called Stand. It's available now. Fantastic read. Um, I recommend it to everyone, and I also recommend you go back and listen to that episode if you missed it, but during that interview, Catherine made a comment about activism, and she talked about how activism can take on a lot of different forms, and there's not one right way to be an activist. So for Catherine, activism meant writing letters and writing articles and writing a book and making a documentary to get to her goal of having a better gender equality in cycling and women's race at the Tour de France. Today, Alyssa and I are going to talk to two women who took slightly different routes um, in their activism. And both these women are endurance athletes, and they both decided to run for public office in their local communities. So before we get to those great interviews, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping and remind everyone that last week, Live Feisty Media announced the Women's Performance Summit, which is a virtual summit. It's happening March 26th through 28th. And since it is virtual, the summit is going to be happening right on your very own computer or electronic device, making this ultra convenient. The session topics during the Women's Performance Summit are going to include hormones, nutrition, psychology, pregnancy, menopause, and so much more. And there will also be virtual networking opportunities. So if you are interested, you can find all the details and watch for those session leader announcements at livefeisty.com. There's a tab at the top of the website at the very, very top on top of the screen. You'll see it says Women's Performance Summit. You can't miss it. Click on that tab and you can get all the details, how to register the list of session topics, and I'm sure there'll be more announcements coming in the coming weeks. So March 26th through 28th, mark your calendar. And normally, Alyssa and I like to take your mailbag questions if you send them in to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will answer them. But since Alyssa isn't here today, I'm going to resist opening the mailbag without her. But if you do have any questions, questions about training, life, anything you think Alyssa and I might be remotely qualified to answer, do send us an email, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will do our best to get you an answer in an upcoming show. Sometimes we do have to reach out to expert friends to get a little help, um, but we will We'll do our best. So give us what you got, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And thank you to the folks who have written in. We will get to those questions in an upcoming show when Alyssa is back. 
Now, I am really excited about these interviews, as I, as you probably can tell. But first, we have a conversation with Heidi Lube. And Heidi is an age group triathlete. And she just, just earlier this year, started her second term on the Tigard, Oregon City Council. So Tigard is a suburb of Portland, Oregon. It has a population around 50,000 residents. And Heidi tells us, how and why she decided to get into politics and how her endurance athlete background really helped her during her most recent campaign. We're going to have this interview with Heidi right after the break. Haley, I've been doing some research on winter adventures and hiking, and guess what one of the most important gear pieces is for winter hiking? Hmm, a really warm coat, snowshoes, an ice axe? Okay, well, maybe those, but also sunscreen. It's not just a summer product, and that is why my Zelios Sun Barrier is still at the top of my pack. Thanks for the tip, Alyssa. If any of our listeners want to top off their hiking packs with Zelios Sun Barrier or their gym bags with Zelios Race Relief Recovery Gel, Swim and Sport Shower Products, or Betwixt Anti-Chafe Chamois Cream, use code IRONWOMEN for 20% off at teamzelios.com. Hi, Heidi. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. So we're recording this interview in January, just a few weeks after the start of your new term on the Tigard, Oregon City Council. Maybe just to start, can you give us a general overview of your role as a city councilor? Yeah, absolutely. So I am one of five people, four counselors and one mayor who sits on the city council, and we are the policymaking body for the city. So we sort of set the laws and give the the guidance and the, the direction. And we have what's called a council manager form of government, which means that we hire a city manager to be the chief executive officer of the city. So um, a lot of people have the misnomer that a mayor is in charge and the mayor runs the city. And that's not actually the majority of government here in Oregon for cities. It's the, the council manager and you hire someone who literally has you know that level of government experience to run the city for you because a government is a very different entity than one of our you know normal everyday businesses that you would think of. There's lots of different laws and policies and so it's important to have somebody who understands that. And Heidi, this isn't a completely new role for you since you were appointed to the city council in 2019, but then you did have to turn around and run for the position in 2020. So can you tell us a little bit about the difference in those experiences that you've had? Yeah, so when I was appointed in 2019, it actually came a little bit of a surprise for me and it wasn't something that I was looking for. I applied to be on the budget committee in 2018. I'm a finance person and I thought that was a really great way to give back to the city. And during the interview, the mayor-elect and the mayor at the time let me know um, because the mayor-elect was a counselor that actually half of his term was open and they were filling it by appointment rather than special election and would I be interested? Um, My first response was laughing hysterically and saying no, because I was just trying to dip my toe into the water and they just shoved me in the deep end. Um, But I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I applied and um, 16 other people applied too. And so it was incredible for me to um, actually be the one who was chosen. But they were really looking for somebody who didn't have government experience, who could bring diversity of thought to the table and a fresh perspective. So that was a completely different experience than 
going out and running a campaign. It's also scary in a different kind of way. Elections, you know, you're really putting yourself out there and you're making yourself vulnerable and you really hope that people think that you've been doing a good job and you want people to like you. I think that's human nature. So it was scary in a different kind of way, especially with COVID and not being able to do the traditional knocking on doors. And so it was a matter of getting creative and trying to reach people where they were um, on the web and, you know, through just different social media channels to talk to people. And you you mentioned that you also work in finance full time. You're an accomplished age group triathlete. You welcomed your first child mid campaign last October. And working in city government seems like it could be extra challenging right now because Tigard was just in the news last week for riots following a fatal police shooting. So why when you did, I mean, you mentioned a little bit, I guess, jumping into or dipping your toe in the water for the budget part, but what made you want to continue uh, working as a public servant front when it looks like, you know, you already have a really full plate? Yeah, I had several conversations with my husband and my friends um, asking if I was crazy to think about continuing to do city council. Um, Just with everything that you said, all of my um, things that I have going on. And I just kept coming back to, I think it's really important we have diversity of thoughts and experiences and opinions at the table. And I have the privileged position of having a really supportive husband um, who just champions me in everything that I do and that I have the privilege to be able to do this. And so I don't think that I can complain about things if I'm not willing to dig in and get dirty. And so that means that I should be there and take advantage of the opportunity of being at the table and helping to make those decisions. Um, One of the things that I did before I was appointed was I attended a couple of city council meetings just to see what I was getting into. And there are some really incredible counselors and the mayor at the time. I don't want to say that they weren't, but looking up there, it was a bunch of middle-aged men, you know, and older sitting on the council. And that doesn't reflect the diversity of my town. And so I just, it was really important for me to be up there. I also, you know, have a lot of different experiences, just growing up with a single mom, being the first in my family to go to college. I'm a first generation born in the U.S. American. And so, you know, it just that perspective I thought was really important to come to the table. So I just I couldn't say no. It was too great of an opportunity and I felt the responsibility to serve. And Heidi, you talked a little bit about how for this term you ran a campaign. Um, And so, you know, I guess my first question with this is, do you feel like your athletic background helped you, you know, on the camp campaign trail? Um, Like, was there you know, did you have to kind of dig deep to that athlete mentality to get that done? You know, and I I mean, like you said it yourself, you hadn't done that before. You were starting from scratch. Yeah, I think it really helped in a couple of different ways. Um, I really enjoy the long distance endurance events. I like my pain low and slow. And I think that also gives you a really great opportunity to have a lot of time with yourself and to figure out who you are. Um, And that really helps root me in being able to talk about my values and where I stand and what I believe in. Um, And I also think it's a really, you know, because again, I like doing the endurance stuff and a lot of different things go wrong on race day and in training. And it helps you figure out how do you respond to crisis? How do you respond to different problems? I'm a constant problem solver. So on the race course, I'm constantly evaluating things. What needs an adjustment? How should I make a change? I'm also a planner and preparer. So I go into race day having seven different solutions to like seven different problems. Um, So I'm totally prepared. And so I think for me, that really helps me 
when I was campaigning and just being on the city council to be prepared and to just have a bunch of different possible solutions to problems. Something too I'm very curious about because I know in my own research of running for things that's kind of intimidated myself from really trying to take a step is like the the funding of a campaign and, and things like that. Would you are you willing to talk a little bit about how that worked for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a critical part of that. And, you know, we need so many more voices at the table, but it's expensive to run a campaign. And, you know, I didn't do a lot of the traditional things, which is leaving flyers at people's stores. Um, I built my own website, which I did, you know, over the course of COVID. I was unemployed for a long time. And so I had the time to build my website, but that would be thousands of dollars, you know, to, to pay somebody else to do. Um, and so, I, so I built my own website. What else did I do? I did yard signs, which are really expensive. So please don't slash yard signs. A lot of people steal them and, and destroy them. Please know that they are very expensive. Um, but I know other people in city council races can raise anywhere from eight to $10,000. And I was able to get away with spending 4,000. And a lot of it was through small donations. And I, my in-laws also were fantastic and, and sent me a check. But it's a lot of small donations and asking people just for assistance and knowing that maybe you'll have to pitch in what you can um, to be able to get across the finish line. But it's expensive. And again, it comes from a place of privilege. And so, you know, I very passionate about things like campaign reform and how do we get more voices at the table and what do we do how can we support that for like our boards and commissions so is it doing something like providing child care during those meetings providing meals providing transportation bus passes how do we equal that playing field so even more people you know in my role who maybe doesn't have as supportive of a spouse can actually get there because those are the opinions that we need you know, what is it really like? But campaigning is expensive. And it was a lot of really fantastic community members who sent me money that I am forever grateful for. Heidi, we know you're only a few months postpartum and we're still mid-pandemic, but are there any races that you hope to do in the next couple of years? Thank you, because, you know, I'm just sort of figuring out what this looks like on the other side. And that was another part that was super frustrating. I was probably the strongest I had ever been consistently going to strength class um, when I got pregnant and the pandemic hit. And it just it was too scary to go to the gym and to figure all of that out. And so postpartum on the other side has been not what I was hoping for, but I'm starting to get back at it. Um, I will do a plug for a local race. The Columbia Gorge Half Marathon in October is absolutely stunning. So um, for those who aren't familiar, the Columbia River runs between Washington and Oregon, and the gorge is the area in between it. And it's basically uphill on the way there, and then you turn around and you come back. But just the stunning colors of fall in Oregon, and it's crisp and beautiful. Um, and they've, they don't do it anymore, but they used to have like um, VIP Subaru parking. So if you drove a Subaru, like you got to park at the start line and they had this really awesome like taco bar at the finish. It, it just really feels like a local race. It's super laid back. People are great. Um, so I think that would be a race that I would love to get back to. If we're talking about triathlons, um, I've been able to do uh, 70.3 Victoria, I think twice, and it is stunning being able to run around that lake. And my husband and I talk about how much fun it would be to take my daughter uh, to Canada because everybody's so nice there. And so it would just be a cool place to be able to go um, if I'm able to. 
I love the the Subaru VIP parking. That's like, <laughs> that would be quite a sell for someone that, that drove a Subaru, right? Why not? <laughs> Which is super common in Oregon. Like half the cars on the road are Subaru, but it's so fun. I mean, just it wasn't any extra money. It's literally just because Subaru, you know, helped sponsor the race and they wanted their people to be able to park closer. That's too funny. That's a good idea. Um, but Heidi, most of our listeners probably don't live in Tigard, but they might want to get involved more in their own lo- local government, either by voicing their opinions or even running for office as well. So what are your suggestions for how someone should start? Dig in. There's lots of different great organizations. I was part of the Emerge program, which helps train Democratic women to run for office. There's also Run for Something and Emily's List. There's lots of different ways if you want to run for office, if that's scary. And I totally understand because I felt the same way. There's other ways that you can get involved and really get to know what your government does. And that's sitting on the local boards and commissions. So we have a bunch of different boards that um, some really awesome community members volunteer their time to sit on. And sometimes they really get into the details and they make recommendations to the city council on different things. And so that can be anything from the Parks and Recreation Board. Yes, there is a Parks and Rec Board and it's super fun. I also love the TV show. Like it's even (laughs) funnier now that I'm in government. Um, But, you know, we have... We run our own water system, and so we have a water board if you're really passionate about water quality and and what we're drinking. Or if you want to know where the money is going, you know, sitting on the budget committee and talking about those millions of of tax dollars and where they go, there's lots of different options for people to get involved. So I would recommend starting with your city website or reaching out to the city directly. Um, There's usually some sort of administrative assistant who can help point you in the right direction. Heidi, thank you so much for sharing so much about your own experience, for giving tips for our listeners and for giving us that, like, you know, the scoop on the Columbia River Gorge uh, half marathon. Hopefully I said that one right. Definitely on my list. It sounds spectacularly beautiful. October sounds like a great time of year. And half marathon sounds like a very reasonable distance, given how we don't know how things are going. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm happy to be here. The Iron Women Podcast wants to give a huge shout out to Orca Sportswear for their continued support in 2021. As someone who isn't a natural born swimmer, my choices for swim gear are super important. Orca has me ready to battle for every second I need in the water with the open water, triathlon, and swim run wetsuits. They also have safety buoys, goggles, cold water caps, and booties. You name it, they have it. The code IRONWOMEN15 will get you 15% off, so head to orca.com today and let's get ready to swim in 2021. Hey, feisty folks, Jamila here, the feisty team community innovator. In June of 2020, we launched the feisty team to help you all stay feisty, no matter what the year threw your way. Over the last six months, we've come together as a team to try and make the world a feistier place and connect with other like-minded friends in triathlon and endurance sports. We meet every month and bring in experts that can help us on the path to building feistiness in ourselves and others and create meaningful change in our sport and community. The monthly subscription is only $22 and you'll get monthly feisty huddles and webinars with expert guests, big sponsor discounts, swag and monthly prizes, challenges to stay motivated, a community of feisty like-minded friends. Plus we are adding new initiatives 
all the time, like our new book club and virtual workouts. Go to feistyteam.com to join us and become a part of the feistiest team in endurance sports so we can crush 2021 together. That is feistyteam.com. Now we are continuing this theme of activism and working in public office in your local community. And we're moving from Oregon to Wyoming to talk to another city council member, but in a slightly different city. So 28-year-old Emily Sweat just started her first term as a city council member in Cody, Wyoming. Cody is in Northwest Wyoming. It's near the east entrance to Yellowstone National Park. It has around 10,000 residents and is also one of my all-time favorite triathlon training locations. Emily is a former collegiate swimmer. She's a current swim coach and she's an entrepreneur working with student athletes. And so she tells us about her decision to run and what it's been like during her first couple weeks on the job. We'll have our conversation with Emily next. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And we just want to start this interview with a kind of fun triathlon related story that I think is fun, at least. But can you tell our listeners how you and I met or kind of virtually met? Because I think it's a funny story. So it is funny. Um, I rented my house out in Cody, Wyoming, and I actually moved this summer. So I'm not in the same house anymore if you couldn't tell. Um, but you came and stayed in my house as an Airbnb guest. And I'm trying to remember how I actually got to like follow you on Instagram. And some maybe I think I followed you. And then I realized that you stayed in my house, or I like might have been a creeper and looked you up. Once I saw your name on Airbnb, I can't remember exactly how it went. But something along those lines. Um, you know, usually it's families from back east who are visiting Yellowstone. So it was cool to have you down um, in Cody. And if I remember correctly, you were doing some major training down here, right? Is that? I was. So I, okay. I went to Cody specifically to train on Chief Joseph Highway and practice my descending and climbing because you have amazing, amazing climbs and descents over there. And I mean, the most scenic riding and running and a great pool, a surprisingly great pool. And I think after that trip I did, I came back and I was like, Cody, Wyoming, this is a great place for a training camp. But the house I rented, I did, I went through Airbnb and I stayed in this like adorable cottage that is or like bungalow. I don't know what you call it um, in like Western version, but in like close to downtown. And I like get into this place. And the reason I booked it was because it like had the reviews were all really good. And then it was like sparkling clean. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. And so um, I get there and I'm like, wow, I feel like I like almost know this person because you have like Clemson and Amherst and like swimming things like decorating. And I, those were where a couple of my best friends went to school. And I was like, this is bizarre. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who this person is. And then I think later you did, you messaged me through Instagram. Cause I think you were, you were thinking about doing Coeur d'Alene 70.3. Is that right? Something like that. I can't remember. It can like, trying to remember if there was a specific something or if I just like matched the names and I was looking at different people that were, 
you know, training her. I, yeah. And then you're like, I she's sitting that. in my house. But it was you're like, wait a second. There's a picture of her in my bed. Yes. <laughs> well, it's just right. like, yeah, yeah. You're going through Instagram and you're like, wait, that person's in my house. That would be kind of odd. But it is, it, I mean, I'm sad that you moved because, but hopefully you moved. You're still in Cody. So you're probably in a, be- a, a great place, but it was the cutest house. And you did leave really good recommendations for like coffee shops and restaurants. I had the best time in Cody. And so I'm glad that we have you on here now. And, and now I get to learn more about the whole, the connections and, and why there were swimming. Uh, there was like swimming stuff around and all of that. And it wasn't just coincidence, but, um, but thank you for, for humoring me with that story, because I do think it's, of it's course. kind of, it's a very like, you know, 20, late 20, close to 2020 story where you're like, um, here's how we met through Instagram while I Airbnb'd on a training camp, but fun times. Yes, it is. It's a very, um, millennial type story. I feel like just all these random connections online. So Okay, Emily, well, we do want to switch gears a little bit and talk to you about the main reason why we have you on the podcast today. And that's because you were only 28 years old when you decided to run for city council in Cody, Wyoming. So were you nervous at all? Like, we'll just start there. Like, how did it feel to enter a space that isn't really commonplace for people in their 20s? Uh, definitely was nervous. And I think so if I'll rewind just a little bit, um, to give a tiny bit of background. Um, I went through a countywide leadership, um, training, I guess you could say called Park County Leadership Institute. And that was back in 2018 to 2019. Um, minor funny story. I met my boyfriend through that leadership program who I now live with, which is why we moved. Uh, but Uh, So we both are dorky leaders in our community and love our community a lot. But that got my wheels turning on how could I better serve the people here? And I'm from back east. So I think the first nerve wracking part is, will I be accepted by my community? Um, I've been here almost four years and I did grow up coming out here. So Chief Joe um, that you talked about, I went to a ranch and I worked at a ranch up past that. So I drove that every single summer like growing up my entire life. Um, So I know and love Cody super well, but um, definitely nerve wracking just because I feel like I had sort of flown under the radar since I moved here. And I had a feeling that once you kind of go into public office, uh, no matter what it is, especially in a small town, you know, city council is kind of it sometimes, you know, mayor, city council, county commissioners, um, not, you're not really hidden anymore. And so I think I got nervous because um, you just never quite know what people are going to think and whether people are going to agree with you. And uh, it is an older community generally. So definitely, you know, being in my 20s, it's a little scary to say I want to serve this community that tends to be more retiree age or, you know, families and and that type of um, demographic. So It's been an interesting journey since I decided to run, which I guess was last May. So like seven or eight months ago. And your position on the city council is nonpartisan and you ran unopposed. So what did your campaign look like? (laughs) Well, so my my answer when people ask me, you know, are you glad you're unopposed? And so I guess my answer would be. My campaign was relatively non-existent because I was unopposed. Um, and then, you know, COVID. So it's not like you could go out and 
even do much of anything, um, even if I was running a full-fledged campaign. But I, so I'm grateful that I didn't really have to kind of pull out all the stops on a crazy campaign. But at the same time, it was a little sad to me that no one else did want to run. So, I mean, part of me is, again, grateful that I didn't have to kind of do all the crazy campaigning. But at the same time, like, no one else wants to run to serve our community. And that's a little sad to me. And I feel like in some ways it would have been better to have to step up and define my positions a little bit better before I even got to the election rather than, you know, I kind of knew last May that I was going to be elected unless there was a crazy write-in campaign, I guess. But um, yeah, so it was kind of a double-edged sword in a way. So campaign didn't really happen. Um, but part of me does wish that I would have had to have done a campaign because I think it would have shown that more people were interested in actually stepping up and playing a role in our community and, and our city council. I'm just picturing like a crazy write-in campaign that was like going under the radar with like the older community or something in Cody, Wyoming. Like they were all like had this big blind side coming for you, but we're right. really excited that wasn't the case and people were pleased that you were on the ballot. And so we, you know, got the position. We know you've only held that council member position for a few weeks now, but can you tell us how the job's going? Kind of like, what does it look like? Is it, you know, daily basis kind of thing? What, what are you doing? So, yep, it's only been a couple of weeks and I guess I'll be going to my second official meeting tomorrow. Um, and we've got a, a, an all day leadership retreat later this week that um, we're going to dig into a lot of different issues. And I've, sort of got dialed into meetings and a few things that were going on um, in the city before the new year. So it was sort of like an easing into my role as a city council member. Um, it's It definitely wouldn't be an all day thing. And I think in some ways it can be as much or as little in a sense as you want it to be. Um, I take the things that I commit to pretty seriously. So it's, I wouldn't have done it or I wouldn't have run if I was not interested in fully, you know, giving my energy and uh, my time to the position. But essentially it's um, biweekly meetings that are open to the community and we have an agenda and we go through those and vote on issues and um, certain things that come up in the city. And then we'll have work sessions on the, the alternating weeks. Um, and then beyond that, which is kind of cool, this is one of my favorite parts, is we actually get to serve on different boards in our community. So um, I'll be serving as the council liaison to the Park County Travel Commission. So it, you know, it's a huge board that helps manage um, a budget to advertise people coming to Park County and to Cody and Yellowstone. And um, I think that one's pretty cool. And I'm very excited to serve on that board. And, you know, we liaise with all sorts of different um, city departments. So, you know, public works and the rec center and the police department. So again, we're involved in a lot of different ways in the community. So again, it's, it's sort of, we've got those standard meetings and then ab above and beyond that, there are some other commitments as well. Um, so I'd say it's definitely a few hours a week, depending on the month, at least that's what I've been told. I guess you can ask me again in six months and I might have a better answer to that question too. 
Emily, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but you do coach the local swim team in Cody and you run your own mindset and leadership coaching company for student athletes. Do you think the kids you work with grasp what you're doing in local government and are they able to see you as a coach, but also as a role model in leadership? That's a good question. And I think I've had a few conversations with some of them about that. And some of like the middle schoolers, I think, uh, have sort of an idea, but not really. And I think they sort of think it's funny, but they don't really know what it means. Um, some of the high schoolers, I think, have a better idea of what it means. And maybe this coming season for my high school team, it'll look a little different since I'll actually be in office. Um, but I was thinking before I got on the this call with you that, you know, how does city council relate to mindset leadership coaching for student athletes? And I think for me, it comes down to if I'm not pushing myself to have new leadership experiences and roles in my community or in my in my world, then how can I expect the kids that I coach to do the same things? And maybe I'm not learning specific coaching things through city council, but I'm certainly learning how to lead. I'm certainly learning how to deal with different groups of people, um, to manage potential conflicts, um, to work well with others. Um, and I think all of those are super transferable skills that I can bring to student athletes um, that I work with, whether it's just the mindset and leadership coaching or whether it's the swimmers that I coach in the pool. And do you have any advice for our listeners or even our listeners' kids who might be listening as well to, you know, how to get involved in government, kind of the stepping stones that they could take first, or like, you know, how to work best with government that might be in place to have their voices heard, any of that kind of advice? I'd say, at least from my experiences so far, um, I think that doing the countywide leadership um program was a great way to kind of dip my toe in the water for understanding how different things worked. Obviously, maybe not every county or city would have a program like that. But I bet that if people kind of looked out for things in that realm, they might be surprised at what's available. Um, I think the other part of this is, you know, at least in my community, one of my goals is to really try to bridge the gap between people who might have certain opinions about what's going on in our city but don't come to meetings or don't run or don't serve on a board in our community. And I think one of the ways that I kind of started to get involved is I applied to be on a board. I applied to be on our airport board actually a little over a year ago. Um, I was not appointed. The incumbent person that was re up for the position again was reappointed. Um, but that sort of got my wheels turning about how else I could kind of serve on my um serve my community in a, in a better way. And, and then I was appointed to a different board over the summer um, for recreation, which is something that's definitely what I'm, you know, what I'm passionate about. So I guess I'd say two things is kind of look out for opportunities um, that may not be elected positions, but could be ways to get involved. And then also look for the things that you're passionate about. So for me, recreation obviously is a huge one and supporting those organizations in our community is huge for me. And so that was a board I knew I wanted to get involved on. Um, you know, there's a city council member on that board and a county commissioner on that board. And so it's just, it's kind of finding little ways to get involved and ways that are natural and authentic. I think that's the other thing is 
you know, trying to find ways that like, yeah, I really enjoy this and I want to do it and I want to do the best that I can. Um, and I think if you're authentic about it, it comes a lot more easily and people can see that you're really passionate about the work that you're doing. And Emily, what about not getting that appointment on that airport board and then continuing on? I mean, that's something too. I think people, you know, it doesn't feel good to quote unquote lose, uh, but it doesn't, obviously that wasn't the end for you. No. And you're, uh, yes, as a former athlete and a coach, I hate losing. I always have. I'm sure I always will. Um, but I think, uh, continuing. So I had some really positive feedback uh, after those interviews. And there were some really legitimate reasons and kind of ways that um, I came out of that knowing that I had done a good job and that people saw me as somebody that had a lot to offer in our community. Um, And so that kind of got me to continue to look for opportunities to get involved. And so I think that's another reminder for people on the other side that already are involved, if somebody's not getting appointed to something, try to really encourage them. If, you know, if you see something positive in the way that you think they can help serve in a different capacity, like make sure that they know that, because I think that that was huge for me is hearing from some of those city council members, like, Hey, we really appreciated your background. We think that you would have done a great job. We just happened to go this other direction this time, but please do not give up on serving your community because, you know, we want you here. So I think that was really important for me to hear and definitely motivated me to keep, keep trying to get in to serve my community in different ways. And finally, we do want to ask post pandemic, are there any races, the sports type of race, not the political kind that you hope to do? Ooh, um, I haven't had anything on my radar yet, but I mean, quite honestly, I really just want to get back in the pool more. Um, I've thought about doing some open water races on the swimming side. Um, I think that's probably the main thing. I haven't really gotten into open water, but I feel like that could be something that would be really cool. And I think something that, um, again, being a swimmer and having that competitive side, I definitely like having something to train for. It definitely motivates me to do more and um, keep that fire in my belly. So I, I'm going to look out for for something. So something's coming. I don't know what it is yet, but I'll keep you posted. Well, Emily, thanks for taking the time to tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the how you got involved in politics and kind of what you'll be doing for with this seat now. And so, you know, we look forward to hopefully hearing from you again in the future and seeing what develops and hopefully you've inspired some other of our listeners out there to get involved in their communities as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Alyssa, I know I go on and on about your fastest known times on 100 and 200 mile courses, but just last month you talked about running 35 second 200s on the track. That's sub five minute mile pace. How do you transition so well between super endurance and super speed training? Well, Haley, one of my top priorities is taking really good care of my body before, during, and after every run. This year, I started using Prevenex Joint Health Plus, and I've definitely felt a direct benefit to my training. The active ingredients in Joint Health Plus are clinically proven to reduce joint pain and stiffness. Less joint pain means faster run splits and better recovery for tomorrow's run. 
You don't have to run as far or as fast as Alyssa to benefit from Prevenix's Joint Health Plus. And in just seven to 10 days of using Joint Health Plus, you should notice a difference. If by chance you don't feel any benefits, Prevenix offers a 100% refund, no questions asked. Everyone wants to feel good when they swim, bike, run, or even walk. Alyssa and I both highly recommend you head to Prevenix.com and use the code IRONWOMEN15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that website is Prevenix, P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com and discount code IRONWOMEN15. We know many of you are working with limited pool time and schedules these days. Thanks, COVID. Is it over yet, Haley? No, I think we still have a ways to go, but we do recommend our listeners check out Form Swim Goggles. These goggles have a smart display so you can see the metrics you need in the moment. They even can show distance in open water swimming now. It's a great way to enhance your swim and maximize that limited time. Head to formswim.com to get your hands on these innovative goggles and make the most of the swim time you have. Thank you so much to both Emily Sweat and Heidi Lube for coming on the show today, for telling us about their reasons for running for public office, for telling us kind of about the vulnerability that they felt while making this decision, while asking for money, while campaigning, while putting themselves out there and, and how they found the courage to do that. And even maybe how some of the things they were afraid of didn't come to fruition. So best of luck to them in in their jobs as city council members in their respective cities. I admire them both so much for their public service. And I'm really excited to watch, you know, their their public service careers and their athletic careers because um, we know that races eventually will return and hopefully I'll get to see them both out there on a race course. But great perspective from both of them. And as we alluded earlier in the episode, you know, there isn't one right way to be an activist and to work toward uh, something that you believe in, but there is usually a path that you can feel comfortable with. And maybe that's running for public office. Maybe that is writing a book. Maybe it's something completely different. Maybe it's hosting a podcast, but hopefully, um, you know, seeing other women do this gives us some ideas that will help us find that niche that we might be looking for. Thank you again for listening to the Iron Woman podcast. This has been Haley Chura. I'm uh, holding down the fort while Alyssa is out today, but she'll be back hopefully next week. And again, if you uh, enjoyed this episode, you can always leave us a rating or review. Send your mailbag questions to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to all of our, our listeners and our sponsors. Stay warm and hopefully I will talk to you next week. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Lindsay Glassford. Thank you to our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Prevenix, Zelio Skincare, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear. You can find all websites and discount codes in our show notes at ironwomenpodcast.com.